0: This is where we remember truth, to make the world a better place, one person at a time. I'm Claire Lottier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. Welcome back to the Grace Space. Thank you for joining me. Our theme this season is alchemy, the process of transmutation. Alchemy, that's no doubt a word that you've heard. Historically, alchemy was the attempt to turn base metals such as lead or copper into their exalted counterparts of silver and gold. There's a lot of lore and history around this mystical search for the so-called philosopher's stone of knowledge, eternal youth and health, and the transmutation of metals. (laughs) alchemy goes back a long way, at least to the ancient Egyptians, probably longer, and over many centuries, distortion, quackery, and fraud crept in, conflating alchemical practices into a a kind of a muddy mix of fantastical science, art, and magic. In fact, alchemy is a metaphor for spiritual transmutation and the capacity to transmute one frequency into another through application of the higher will. That's your decision to transmute fear to courage, to dissolve the density of negativity by accelerating its frequency and raising our vibration. This is the rediscovery of true wisdom. Eternal life and the purification and burning away of what is false in us to reveal our true nature, which is always there, which is always and ever present as the only absolute reality. Here in the grace space, it continues to be my intention. And my hope to help facilitate the creation of optimal conditions for our own spiritual alchemy by shining the light on what is false or illusory in us so that we can let it go. All transmutation occurs on the level of consciousness and frequency. The ancient alchemists believed that all elements had their source in one original substance, but that matter existed at varying levels of purity of that original substance, gold being considered closest to that original perfection. And really it's no different with us, we are multi dimensional beings, we exist in multiple dimensions, there are higher and more refined high vibrational levels of our being and lower, denser, slower vibrating dimensions of us. In order to rediscover our original nature of perfection, which is already here right now. It's a question of shedding density, letting go of what's weighing us down to reveal the truth. The sun is always shining behind the clouds, no matter how low, dense, and heavy they may appear or feel. And our true nature is always shining and self-effulgent, even when we cannot sense it through our own low-hanging clouds. At the intersection of alchemy and grace is the rediscovery of our original nature, the realization that we were gold all along. It is grace that puts the longing for freedom into our hearts. And once that longing is there, inner alchemy begins. As realization progresses through levels of consciousness, there's an inner knowing and experience of being born anew. And realizing that no matter what you've been through, no matter what's happened to you, no matter what you've participated in, no matter how broken or stained or exhausted you feel by life, there is an eternal spring within you. And the revelation is that of your pure essence, incorruptible and perfect and embodying that beauty, that radiance, that innocence of the true self in the here and now. Grace is not something we can control. (laughs) It's the step that God takes. But we can endeavor to foster conditions for our innate spiritual potential to be activated when it is karmically propitious. And again, that's not up to us. We're responsible for the effort though. And that's the purpose of this new series in the Grace Space, where every episode will explore a simple key idea for inner alchemy. Any one of which, if practiced consistently across the board and with no exceptions, can set you free from the past. In other words, karma, which is the unresolved past in us. That's how I like to think about it karma, the unresolved past in us, what we have yet to, um, to harmonize with the one heart. It takes the form of subconscious memories, programs and conditions that we experience as painful or limiting now. So karma is that which was set in motion, that we no longer remember, or that we created unconsciously, like the ripple effects of which come back to us now for resolution. So it's not a punishment. It's just that whatever we create, whatever we set off, comes back for better and for worse. If we're going to talk about it in terms of positive and negative, which of course, we also eventually transcend. So each week we'll have a new key to work with. Think of these keys as being on a wheel rather than in a hierarchy of importance. They're all equally important and interdependent. To practice one fully and with commitment is to practice all of them. (laughs) The first key that I want to share with you today, and again, while they're all equally important, I want to share this one with you first because it's really a baseline for integrity. That first key is I am responsible. I am responsible. These three words are some of the most powerful and transformative we can say to ourselves. When we accept full responsibility for everything in our lives, no matter what it looks like, we begin to truly empower ourselves. Why is that? Because when we accept full responsibility, we are acknowledging that we own this creation, which we call our life situation, and that somewhere we are the author of it. And that means if we've created something that we don't like or we don't want anymore, we can uncreate it. We can uncreate it and then create something new. What does it mean to own our creation? (laughs) Well, it means that whether we realize it or not, Through our choices, we are the source and the generator of all our circumstances and conditions, including those situations that seem to happen to us or come from the outside. How can this be? Well, we're going to come to understand why this is so as we move through this series together. But for now, it's enough to know that it is so. I'm asking you to suspend disbelief and reactivity because I know that that's a confrontive statement to say that we're responsible, that we're the generator of all our circumstances and conditions that that (laughs) immediately brings up a, yeah, but what about this? What about that? You can't say I'm responsible for that. We're going to talk about it. We're going to get into it. Remember that nothing that happens is a punishment. Nothing is against us. If we're willing to accept that we are responsible in some way for everything that shows up in our life without exception, here's the powerful thing. We move from sleepwalking through life to being awake, from being a victim of life to being at one with the point of power in our life. Most people have a victim mindset. It's very common. Having a victim mindset doesn't necessarily mean that you go around saying, oh, poor me, I'm a victim. Although some people do. (laughs) A victim mindset is any mindset where we believe that things are happening to us, or that anything can occur outside of universal order. Whenever we say things like, why is this happening to me? It's not my fault. They started it or they made me feel this way. We're speaking from a victim mentality. We're not owning our creation or our power in that moment. We're putting it outside of ourselves. Another indicator that we're in a victim mindset is if our feelings of happiness and security are dependent on things outside of ourselves going a certain way. When things are going well, we're okay. But when things are not going well, we feel afraid or out of control, or we turn to addictions of one kind or another to manage our emotions. Taking responsibility, owning our creation, is not about blaming ourselves or feeling bad or guilty for things that have happened in our lives beyond a decent regret. It is the opposite of that. Taking responsibility is an act of courage. It gives you access to your greatness and courage is that frequency that gets us over the line between non-integrity and integrity. That's why it gives you access to your greatness. It gives you access to the whole range of higher frequencies of consciousness, of higher dimensional aspects of yourself. Every human being has the potential for greatness. You have greatness within you. Through the process of inner alchemy, your greatness is revealed to you. Now, I'm not talking about ego here. (laughs) I'm not talking about some kind of sense of grandiosity. I'm talking about the greatness that comes from humility. How's that for a paradox? They're one and the same, actually. This leads us to the deeper question, just who is it in us who says, I am responsible? It's the self who is in separation, the little me. When the little me decides to say, I am responsible, it's accessing the greater me, I, I am. The little me is the one who otherwise would deny responsibility and project blame and create more karma and further separation. When the little me chooses to take responsibility, wow, that's the beginning of humility. That's the beginning of the undoing of the ego. This is when healing begins. If we have the courage to own everything as our own creation and to let it go, we can come into our true power in miraculous ways. It may be hard to understand how we can be responsible for things that seem to come randomly from the outside. It can be especially hard to accept responsibility for things that are painful and cause suffering for us and those we love. Nevertheless, if we can open our minds and hearts to what true responsibility is, We will always grow stronger and more loving through every experience we have, and our inner power will continually increase. There are lots of different levels of responsibility. When we think of our responsibilities, we often think of our duties and obligations in daily life. For example, we may believe that we're responsible for providing for our family, for showing up to work on time, for paying our taxes, meeting other financial obligations. We may think of responsibility as being accountable for our actions, setting a good example for our kids, picking up litter on the sidewalk. Some of our responsibilities may feel like a burden, and some of them may make us feel good about ourselves. The way that we are looking at responsibility here probably goes deeper than you might have considered before. But if you can remain open and curious about how it applies to you, this is going to set you free. It's important to make the distinction between responsibility and blame, as I've said. So I'll tell you a story from my own life that shows how you can confuse the two. (laughs) I, I sure did. Many years ago, I went through a divorce. It was my choice to leave, but I did so very unconsciously. And I left a trail of devastation behind me. I didn't understand what was happening. I had very little insight into my psyche at the time. Despite eight years of therapy, I was an expert at self-deception. All I knew was that I was deeply ashamed and felt like I was failing at life. I remained in a fog of confusion about what drove my behavior. I knew I was responsible, but I didn't know how to take responsibility for my life situation without a very heavy helping of self-judgment and self-blame. The only way I knew how to be responsible back then was to punish myself severely for my ignorance and bad behavior. I didn't project blame on my then-husband, at least, or on anyone else, but there was a heavy projection of blame and self-loathing, I would say, onto myself, in the years that followed, I made sure I suffered through poverty, isolation, loneliness, physical pain, self-punishment in the form of shame-based disease, and career sabotage. I exacted the harshest punishment on myself that I could. And I'm not saying that any of this was conscious. It was deeply unconscious, like me. But I was no doubt unconsciously hoping to redeem myself in the eyes of the divine. We always anthropomorphize divinity, according to our own level of consciousness. So my view of it from that level of fear and guilt was punitive. I was living in LA, working three jobs, one of which was telemarketing for a dating agency called Great Expectations. Oh, the irony, I'll tell you about that some other time where I received regular verbal abuse over the phone. And I was living in a shabby, dark little apartment. My neck and shoulders hurt so much that I could hardly turn my head. I was often awake in the night with feelings of dread and spent many a break at work, crying in the the alleyway next to a mobile gas station. Oh my God, when I think back to those days, wow. It still breaks my heart a little to look back on that lost young woman and to contemplate how much cruelty I was capable of inflicting upon myself. But I carried so much guilt for the pain that I had inflicted on my then-husband that I made sure I could not enjoy much happiness for years thereafter. This was how I attempted to take responsibility for what I saw as a personal failing. But it was really just attack and severe self-punishment. That was blame, not responsibility. True responsibility in that situation would have looked and felt much different. It would have taken the form of compassion toward myself with a reasonable, a decent regret. But it would have taken the form of compassion toward myself and, and my husband at the time. Part of being responsible is acknowledging that there's a lot we don't know. That we don't know or that we'll never know or understand about ourselves and the content, especially this, the content of our subconscious mind. It's the acknowledgement that we're often driven by subconscious programming, memories and karma. It's being honest enough to admit that we don't know why we do a lot of the things that we do. I don't know. I mean, we're clueless. That in and of itself is not a problem. And we will never understand or untangle the causes of all the effects in our lives. Even if you go to therapy for 100 years, you would never be able to understand everything. And that's really not the point. We don't have to. Being responsible is owning it even though we don't understand it. It's accepting the limitations of the intellect and the infinite number of contributing factors at play in any circumstance or situation that shows up in our reality that we will never know about or understand all of them and that it isn't necessary Responsibility opens the door to humility by saying, I may not understand this, but I own it as my creation. Otherwise, it wouldn't be happening to me. I of my own will and intellect cannot resolve this. So I give permission for a higher will to do it for me. That's surrender. When I went through the divorce many years ago, true responsibility would have looked more like this. Okay, this is the situation and I accept that this is what life looks like right now. I'm sorry for whatever's going on in me that has created this situation. Please forgive me for my unconsciousness and for the pain it's causing me and others. Thank you for the chance To set things right with myself by letting go and surrendering this situation to a higher power. There's some unresolved karma in me that is manifesting as this situation for the purpose of learning and growth. I make amends for whatever karma has attracted this person and this situation to me. I am sorry for the erroneous thoughts within me that have caused a problem for me and for this person and all involved, including our relatives, our ancestors, and the land we live on. Being responsible includes acknowledging that your being is vast and infinite. And that you can only see a very tiny part of the picture at any given moment. But it also includes acknowledging that if it's showing up on the screen of your reality, it's no mistake. Being responsible means we let go of resistance to what is. It is. And we don't need to make a drama of it. We don't need to make a story out of it. All is within the order of the universe, and whether we understand it or not, we are responsible whether we created the situation through conscious or unconscious intention. We also don't know what causes were set in motion in other incarnations, in other lifetimes, when we were on the other end of where we find ourselves now. I call this radical responsibility. If you listened to season two of this podcast, you might remember the episode entitled Radical Responsibility, where we come at this, this key to freedom from a different perspective. I'll put the link to the episode in the show notes so that you can listen to it. Radical responsibility is based on the truth that all power comes from within a person. Not only is the point of power within, but that power is limitless. This is the opposite of what most of us were taught. We were taught that the individual is powerless and that we have to rely on things outside of ourselves to be safe and taken care of, whether it's our idea of God or religion, our job, the government, or someone or something else that seems to have the power that we don't. This way of thinking about things has caused us to give our power away, to put it outside of ourselves, If we perceive power as being outside of ourselves, we are very easy to exploit, right? We can be controlled or taken advantage of, often without even realizing it. On the other hand, when we realize that all power comes from within ourselves, we regain the ability to live deliberately on purpose. When we realize that we've given our power away, This is a good thing. You can't change something unless you're aware of it. Once we're aware, we can do something. We can empower ourselves by saying, this is mine. No resistance to what is. I'm going to own it. I'm not ashamed of it. I claim it. And I choose to look my reality in the face. In doing so, I can feel my nobility. Do it. Think of something in your life right now that that you've wanted to deny, that you want to project onto something or someone else. See what happens if you allow a diminishment of the ego that wants to say, no, this isn't me, this isn't mine, I don't want it. And instead, claim it. You're going to feel something in you. That's your nobility. The first step is to acknowledge that we are responsible for everything in our reality, whether we created it consciously or unconsciously. We don't need to understand why things have happened the way they did. We don't need to blame ourselves or anyone else for why things are the way they are. We simply accept that they are as they are. To do anything else is folly. The situation is, it already is as it is. From here, we have the power to change. Next time, we'll explore another key that sets us free. Again, if you practice any of these in depth and apply it to everything without exception, it can take you all the way. This week, whenever you're tempted to blame yourself, others, or circumstances for something that you wouldn't prefer try saying to yourself I am responsible I own this creation and everything is happening for my highest good if I will allow it I don't have to understand why things are as they are I lovingly accept this as my creation and I give my permission For a higher power to come in and resolve all things for the highest good I'll see you next time meanwhile walk in grace thank you for joining me in the grace space where you're always in the right place if you love this podcast I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings. Bye for now.